Randall Davis. Randall, how are we today? I'm doing great. Excited to talk a little NFL football. It was a really good weekend uh, in the playoffs, so excited to get rolling. This week on the corner, we will recap the Super Wild Card weekend from the NFL. Talk about some NFL coaching changes, vacancies, who we think could possibly fill those. Uh, we'll do a <clears throat> UT Sports Weekly Recap. We also have our weekly segments, the Power Five, and the Big Boys Corner Picks. So let's get rolling. Jumping into the Super Wild Card Weekend. Man, Nick, it was a great weekend of football. Uh, you know, it was an up and down. It was a weird weekend. You know, got started with the uh, Chargers and the Jags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, turned that game on, and Trevor Lawrence is still throwing picks, it seems like. <laughs> right. You know, and, um, you know, he uh, – I guess it started with Seattle-San Francisco. Right. Yeah, They that played was early. Yeah. Um, watch, watch that one, and it started out really good. I mean, it was, a, it was a tight game in the first half. We texted back and forth. Yeah, I had a little little scratch on that one. Needed San Francisco minus nine and a half, and you said I don't know about that one. But they, you know, you pulled it out there. They covered the spread. Yeah, defense, defense. Uh, you know, continued to play well, and and um, talk a little bit about that San Francisco game. Yeah, it was seventeen sixteen Seattle at halftime. Um, Geno Smith. We were, like we said, we were texting back and forth through a dime to DK Metcalf. And Geno Smith is, has played well this year. Again, Seattle's not a team that's on uh, regional TV here a lot, uh, but it being playoff weekend, they were, they were obviously on TV. So they, they popped up a graphic that said Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage this year, 70%, and had over 4,200 yards. So he had a good year. In the first half, it was a really good game, back and forth. Uh, Brock Purdy played decently in the first half. And, man, in the second half, the 49ers just turned it on. You know, the final ends up being 41-23. Seattle scored one late. So, it was really 41-17. You know, the 49ers look like a really good team. Well, McCaffrey McCaffrey is looking like the Christian McCaffrey of old. You know, he's dealt with so many injuries. He ran for 119 yards. Brock Purdy just continues to roll 332 yards passing. Um, it shows you that if you've got defense and an efficient quarterback and yeah. some weapons, um, you, you can you can make it a long way. And I think San Francisco is going to be a tough out. Absolutely. Um, just with what they have weapons-wise, you know, George Kittles really came on with Purdy. Yeah. Um, he's caught something like seven or eight touchdowns with Purdy. So, he, he's been really good. And then in the late game, we got the Chargers-Jags that I talked about a little bit. I turned it on, and uh, three picks by Asante Samuel Jr. Jr. That, yeah. That's hard to believe. So, I was, yeah, I was watching that, and, um, you know, we're, we're both in our 30s. So, I, I, I automatically go back to Asante Samuel Sr., and I was like, man, there's no way he's still playing. There's no way it's his son. Yeah. <laughs> so, that kind of shows our age a little bit, but – and and. You know, Trevor Lawrence picked it up. Second half, he ends up throwing for 288. Travis Etienne runs for 109. You know, uh, just the Jags have got it rolling a little bit. Do I think they can continue on? You know, they've got a tough matchup. Yeah. They've obviously got to go play. Um, 
Kansas City, correct? Yes. And so, you know, with, with that, that's obviously a tough out. You got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Going to be a tough out either way, but, you know, the Chargers are just – I saw the Chargers fired their offensive coordinator yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't think the offense is the problem. It's always funny when you have a defensive-minded head coach. Right. And they struggle, and now they start firing offensive coaches. You know, maybe he needs to take a look at himself and say, hey, why do we give up four touchdowns in the second half? Right. You know, why did we blow a, a 27 nothing second-quarter lead? Yeah. Uh, one thing, uh, a statistic that, that I heard the other day talking about the Chargers – um, in the second half, they rushed 10 times for 18 yards. Now, obviously, you don't want to get super conservative. Playing conservative, playing prevent, we always hear playing prevent defense is a way to prevent a win. But you've got to think in the second half with Eckler um, and, the, and their running backs that maybe you can run the ball a little bit, eat some clock. Uh, but then on the second, on the other hand, like you said, how are you going to give up four second-half touchdowns, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, they have a really good running back. I mean, Austin yeah. Eckler is a, is a phenomenal running back doing stuff out of the backfield, whether it's running the ball, receiving. And he had, you know, 30-something yards rushing and, yeah. and, like, 10 yards receiving. I mean, you've got to get him more involved and get those receivers more involved. I think they've got the pieces. You know, obviously they've got Bosa on defense. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're they a good football team. They've just got to take a look and – and figure out what they're going to do going forward to to get over the hump. Right, know? and I th- and I think they've got the the pieces offensively and defensively going forward to be a good team. You know, Justin Herbert, young quarterback. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. A little preview with our Power Five, but you know, through for forty seven hundred yards, something like that this year. They've got good receivers, got a good running back, got, got a good defense. It hurts when you play Kansas City twice a year. And that's, that's going to be the battle going forward for the next 10 years because you've got to figure Mahomes has, has signed that enormous contract. He's going to stay there. Herbert's probably going to stay in L.A. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've underachieved the past two years, which is why a lot of people are calling for Brandon Staley to get fired. But he's also gotten them to the playoffs and won double-digit games. So, yeah, it's something going forward that they've got the pieces to – be a good team like you said can they get over that hump yeah and then then on Sunday we had three games you had Miami and Buffalo game was a lot tighter than than I ever <clears> expected <throat> with with Miami playing Skylar Thompson who who played well you know all things considering obviously they've got some weapons on offense but for them to be 34-31 in that game and I'm a Mike McDaniel fan I, yeah. I think he's he did a really good job this year didn't coach the best game. They had four or five delay of game penalties. Mm-hmm. Just seemed to struggle getting the play calls in. And Buffalo pulled that one out. Josh Allen threw for 350 like Josh Allen's going to do and didn't play particularly well. Yeah, he he had two interceptions, which he's, he's thrown a lot of picks this year, which if you look at NFL quarterbacks this year, most of them have thrown double-digit interceptions. It's this day and age. I yeah. mean, you throw as many times as they do now, you're going to throw some picks, especially with a guy – with that kind of arm, who's going to take some chances? Yeah, um, Buffalo's going to be a tough out. Um, you know, I, I, I've thought Buffalo. I mean, I, I, I there's three teams in the AFC. I think mm-hmm. Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Yeah, 
it's going to be fun to watch those three teams, see what, oh, yeah. who, who ends up in the AFC Championship game. I'm really excited about it. This is the time of year. I'm a huge college football fan. I love the playoffs. I love bowl season. But NFL playoffs are tough to beat. Yeah. I mean, you get the best players, the best teams, and this is when they come to play. Yeah. And so um, another team, man, that just talk about the turnaround, the Giants. Brian yeah. Dayball in year one has done a phenomenal job. You know, up until this point, people had written Daniel Jones off. Just he can't do it. They're going to have to find a new quarterback. And he goes and throws for 300 yards, runs for 78. Yeah, leading um, rusher. You know, Minnesota, we've talked about them all year. 13, 13 wins on the season, worst ranked defense in the league. Yeah. You know, and, and New York did enough to pull it out. You know, TJ Hawkinson had a really good game. Kirk Cousins. I texted you at one point and said, dude, how, how is Minnesota losing? Yeah, he was something like 30, 20, 20 for 25 for yeah. 200 and something yards and no no picks, two touchdowns. And um, their defense is just not good, you right. know. And, and um, the Giants, everything that they have, you know, and, and they can continue to get better because I still don't think they have a stud receiver. You know, they obviously have Saquon Barkley, and they're pretty good defensively. Kayvon Thibodeau had a really good rookie year. He made some plays against the Vikings out of the, you know, kind of dropping into coverage and making plays as a dropping defensive end that you see the athleticism. Mm -hmm. But the Giants are going to be a tough out for anybody. And, right. you know, they got to play the Eagles. It's tough to beat a team three times. It is. And so is. the Eagles are going to have their hands full. Um, interested to see that game. And then you got the Baltimore-Cincinnati, a game that just happened last week. Last week, yeah. And Baltimore pulled that one out. What did you see in that game? That's another – you talk about a team playing each other three times. You know, we talk about the Giants, Phillies playing each other twice during the regular season, now playing in the playoffs. The the Bengals and the Ravens playing for the second time in two weeks. And, you know, I, I'm a quasi-Bengals fan. My dad's a Bengals fan, grew up outside Cincinnati, father-in-law grew up outside – lived outside Cincinnati until this past year. So that's a team that it, it's kind of easy for me to follow. And they never, you know, obviously you think, yeah, Cincinnati's the far better team, especially with Lamar Jackson out. But man, Tyler Huntley played a good game, you know, threw for 226 yards and had some good runs. He's fast. He's not Lamar Jackson fast, fast, but he's a good, he's a good, Backup quarterback. The big play of the game is tied at 17. Baltimore has the ball on the Cincinnati two, and they go for a quarterback sneak. Tyler Huntley decides to go over the top. Ball gets punched out, and Sam Hubbard, defensive end for the Bengals, has a 98-yard fumble recovery. Interesting thing about Sam Hubbard, his entire life has been in the state of Ohio. Grew up in Cincinnati, played at Cincinnati Moeller, Played at Ohio State. Now he's living the dream playing for his hometown Bengals. So he had a big play. And a funny thing, they were interviewing Joe Burrow, who's also from Ohio, and Sam Hubbard after the game. And, and the sideline reporter asked Joe Burrow what he was thinking when Sam Hubbard was returning the fumble, said, just run faster. You know, the yeah. old boy's starting to run out of juice a little bit, you know, 270 pounds. But. And they were lucky. Talked a little bit to Scott West about that one. They 
Baltimore had their jumbo package in. They yeah. didn't have many options to try to chase him down. Mark right. Andrews almost caught him. Yeah. But short of Tyler Huntley, and then he was going to have to try to take him down. He was a big boy, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really cool story for him. You know, Cincinnati did this last year, struggled in the first game. Right. You know, ended up going to play the Titans, and we know how that turned out. <laughs> You know, Titans, number one seed, get beat by them. Bengals end up in the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals are going to be a tough out. Joe yeah. Burrow is Joe Burrow. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's he's been phenomenal in the years that he's been healthy after he got hurt his rookie year. Um, you know, obviously Joe Mixon's really good. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you can just go on yeah. and on. Tyler Boyd, P. Ryan as a backup running back. I mean, they've got some weapons. Yeah. Can they do enough defensively? Can they protect Burrow? Right. They've got some injuries up front. Um, gonna be be fun to see them play the Bills. Um, you know, obviously the last the 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 game when they were playing Buffalo was the Demar Hamlin mm-hmm. situation. Um, obviously everything that's going on with him, everything positive, which we love to hear here. You know, right. all the prayers and um, he, he seems to be trending in the right direction. But I know they're gonna be excited to to they were they were playing well in that game before that yeah. happened. They yeah, they seem to have the seem to yeah. have the momentum and um, we're driving when that happened. So. You know, then we came to, to Monday to the Cowboys and the Bucks, and you know, we, we both picked the Bucks in that game and, and a lot of that was Tom Brady, right? Yeah. And, and what I saw from Tom Brady, he threw three hundred and fifty yards. He he had no running game. No. And he couldn't couldn't get the ball out. You know, he, he's not, not being protected well. But he's also forty five, forty six years old. Yeah. He he you know, we were talking to Coach Shad and, and he made the comment and he's right. He struggles more now than ever because of the age to throw off his back foot. Right. And you throw off your back foot when you're getting pressured. Yeah. So the, the story is going to be with, with him is where does he end up next year? You know, the report was three teams going to try to sign him. Las Vegas, San Francisco, and, and my Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Look, if the options Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady, I'm taking Tom Brady every time, even at his age. But none of that matters if the Titans don't do some things to sure up the front and get some right. receivers. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, Dallas wins that one 31-14. Dak Prescott had a clean game. Yeah. And, and I think when he has a clean game with what he has with Tony Pollard, Zeke, um, CeeDee Lamb, the, their, their tight end, um, Dalton, Schultz. Dalton Schultz has been been solid for him. Uh, he, he had 95 yards, was the leading receiver in the game. So, um Really good super wild card weekend. I mean, the only game that wasn't competitive, and it was competitive for a while, ended up being San Francisco-Seattle. Um, moving into the division round, on Saturday, we get Jacksonville-Kansas City. Uh, that's at Kansas City. Hard, and we're going to pick some of these games, yeah. but but hard to look at that one and not see Kansas City being favored. Obviously, they're going to be favored. Right. They're, they're, they're going to um, go into that game with all the momentum. <coughs> Excuse me. Just with what they do and um, who they have and, and how solid they've been and the experience. I think that's something that people seem to forget is the experience of being there. Obviously, Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's been there, done that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've looked at some of the stats lately, and Travis Kelsey already is one of the leading receiving yard tight ends of all time. Yeah. And he's 30, 31 years yeah. old. I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's got three or four solid years minimum left. Um, and then the other game on Saturday is New York-Philly. Again, looking at – it's going to be a really good matchup, I think, just because you got to go play them for the third time. What, what do you see in those games? <clears throat> you see 
you know, with with the Giants and Phillies again playing for a third time, and the the last time that they played pretty recently, and the Giants, it, it seemed like they were pulling people out of MetLife Stadium stands. I mean, they had a guy playing quarterback, and forgive me, his name slips me, had never attempted an NFL pass and had backups all over the field. You, for the Giants? Yes. Davis Webb, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Ca- California boy. Yeah. Played a cow. But, you know, and, and obviously the, the Phillies weren't playing. They didn't have Jalen Hurts playing. But you had a good backup in Gardner Minshew. And New York competed with Philly in that game. Um, you know, how much rust is Jalen Hurts going to have? How much rust does uh, do the Eagles as a whole have? Be interesting to see. And like you said, it's hard to beat a team three times in a single season. Uh, with the Jags and the Chiefs, obviously the Chiefs have been there, been there, done that, played in two Super Bowls. They're, they're used to this kind of stage, playing for AFC Championship games, playing in the playoffs. This is something new for the Jags. This is something new for Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously Doug Peterson's been there, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but it's going to be a tall task to go to Arrowhead which in in terms of NFL stadiums is always consistently the loudest, especially at this time of year. And, and to keep the momentum. You right. know, it's no different than San Francisco's won something like 10 straight. Yeah. But Jacksonville's won seven or eight straight with, mm-hmm. with a young quarterback. And, you know, a lot of that schedule. But now you're going to play the best team in the National Football League this year. Yeah. And so – can they pull that out? I don't think they're incapable, but it's going to be a tall task. They're going to have to – Trevor Lawrence cannot throw four picks and win this game. No. no. You know, that. the fact that he did that against the Chargers is surprising enough. That's not going to happen against, no. against the Chiefs. And then Sunday, you've got what we talked about a little bit already, Cincinnati-Buffalo. That game's at Buffalo up in Orchard Park. You know, another matchup that – didn't get finished. Um, Going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, matchup of two of the, you know, again, preview of the Power Five. Some of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah. Um, can, can Josh Allen get the ball to Stephon Diggs and, and um, you know, enough to slow down what they're going to – the Bengals are going to do on offense and mm-hmm. score enough – because obviously the the Bills struggled a little bit against a backup quarterback with the Dolphins, so you yeah. you got to think the Bengals are going to score. Um, and you know, excited to see that game. I think that's probably my my most you know most um, interesting matchup of the weekend. And then Dallas San Francisco um, battle of two really good defenses. Um, Dallas has been inconsistent defensively, but they're man when they're on their defenses is. is Really good. They've got pass rushers. They, they, they've got some in the back ends with Diggs and and can play well. But San Francisco, we know what they have with Bosa and um, the younger Bosa, who I mean led the league in sacks yeah. this year, and um, Armstead and some of those guys. That they, they're they're going to be um, be a tough matchup there too. That's six thirty on Sunday. So that's the divisional round. Excited to see where that goes. We're going to pick those games here in just a little bit in our. Uh, uh, big boys corner picks. Now we're going to talk just a little bit while we're still on the NFL about NFL coaching changes. Um, so just some of the job openings that, that are out there right now. The Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. Saw that one coming from yeah. a mile away. Yeah. 
Kingsbury, I like him. I, I'm a, I'm an offensive guy, obviously. I, I love some of the stuff he does, but that was just a tough matchup. You've got a prima donna and Kyler Murray at quarterback who doesn't want to do the things that you have to do as an NFL quarterback, especially with a guy like Cliff Kingsbury who is a running a, a complex offense, and, and now you're playing against the best defenses in, in, in the world. Yeah. So, you know, Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, GM leaves. They hired a, a, their GM, was, came from the Titans, was their director of player personnel. Yeah. The Texans, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. Lovey Smith gets fired. He was 3-13 and and won over one season. Again, saw that one coming. Yeah. They've got a, a chance to go pick a, a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. They're going to want someone to come in there that they think can, can lead that charge. Lovey Smith's not that guy. Right. The Broncos fired Hackett in the middle of the season. Um, been a lot of names thrown out there for that one. Uh, David Shaw interviewed for that yeah, one. I thought that, that was an interesting – Coached in the NFL prior to his time with Stanford. Um, you know, Indianapolis, we know Frank Wright got fired there. Jeff Saturday took over. Jeff Saturday is interviewed mm-hmm. for that job. There's a potential he could keep that one, which we've talked about surprising. Yeah. I, I just – I don't see that, but Jim Irsay does some things that are surprising to a lot of people. Right. Um, the Panthers, obviously Matt Rule got fired early. Mm-hmm. Um that one's open. And so the big question with NFL coaching changes is where does Sean Payton end up? Right. And, and I'll tell you that the one job that's not open that we talked a little bit about already that, man, if if it was open would be the perfect fit for Sean Payton would be the Chargers. Yeah. You put Sean Payton with Justin Herbert, and now, you you know, can he replicate what he did with Drew Brees all those years? They've yeah. got weapons. They, they've got um, – they, we talked about it already, what they have offensively with Eckler and, and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Um, don't know if anything's going to happen there. But, man, if you have the chance to get Sean Payton, I, I think you got to you got to consider it. Yeah, you've got a, a Super Bowl winning coach, won a ton of playoff games, won a ton of games, offensive guru. Um, so, that yeah, that's the big storyline in the offseason is where where does he go? And weirdly enough, and I don't know all the details with this, but he's still under contract with the Saints. For two more years. Yeah, and that's – So there's going to be some compensation. Right? Yeah. And I think for – you know, he's even talked about it. He's been open about it. You know, he thinks that it could take a first or second round type pick. Mm. You know, is he worth that? In the right situation, sure. For sure. Out of those jobs we just named, you know, what he does offensively fits with a Kyler Murray type quarterback. Right. But is Sean Payton going to work with Kyler Murray? Yeah. Kyler Murray, we've already talked about it. He doesn't want to study the playbook. He doesn't want to do those things. I just think that would be a tough marriage. Mm-hmm. Houston, obviously Houston's not good. Right. But, man, you put Sean Payton with Bryce Young could or C.J. Stroud. Could be good. That, that's, you know, Houston could be setting themselves up for something big time. Uh, the Broncos, Russell Wilson wasn't good this year. But no. We know what Russell Wilson's been. Yeah. Yeah. And is that coaching? Probably. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll did a really good job with them over the years. Can Sean Payton replicate that and get three or four more years out of Wilson? He's not young, but he's not 39. Right. Um, he's interviewing with the Panthers. The Panthers have a, a pretty high pick. They they could get a Stroud, Will Levis type. Do I think Will Levis is a big-time NFL quarterback? 
No, do I think he has the intangible? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's all about fit. It's mm-hmm. always about fit. Where do you end up with the right pieces in place to to be successful? I don't think the Colts are much of a fit for Peyton. No. Um, so gonna be gonna be fun to see where he ends up and and who ends up being his quarterback and what kind of pieces he can put together. I've seen Brian Flores is interviewed in Arizona. Um, Frank Reich interviewed in Arizona. Yeah. After being fired with the Colts. <clears throat> The other big thing is so many of these guys that are going to interview are still coaching right now. You know, hot yeah. names, D'Amico Ryans, defense coordinator for the 49ers, mm-hmm. obviously a longtime NFL football player. Um, he's the big hot name in defensive coaches right now. Where does he end up? Um, and then you have coordinator positions that can, you know, bounce around. You know, right. the Titans are looking for a coordinator. They've got to make a good hire there. They've got to do something different than what they've been doing um, yeah. and, and figure out, Who's our coordinator going to be? Who's our quarter quarterback going to be? What are we going to? What's our identity going to be? Um, what's your most interesting? If you were a GM and you could pick any of those teams, where would you want to be? If if you if you had to pick one of those teams, well, if you if you throw in and obviously this is not an opening, but if you throw in the Chargers, that would be where I would want to go the most because obviously you've got a really good young quarterback in Justin Herbert who's conceivably be conceivably going to be good for the next 10 years, possibly 15 years. Uh, but if you throw the Chargers out, which obviously there's not an opening there, there is an offensive coordinator opening, which I've, I've heard Kingsbury's name tossed around for an OC job. He just – it's going to be, does he want to do it? Yeah. You know, and NFL contracts are a little different than college. You don't get paid unless you're actively trying to, to do something. So – yeah, sign me up for the Charger with Cliff Kingsbury. That'd right. be, you know. Um, but I think it's tough with what's open. I mean, there there are advantages to a lot of the teams. Indianapolis has Jonathan Taylor. Right. You know, regardless of what you think of, of Kyler Murray, we know he has potential. Yeah. But is the right coach going to get put in place? Can Russell Wilson return to form? Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers, they have some pieces, and they weren't terrible no, with were, their interim. They after, were six and six. You know, after their after Roll got fired, they they just played that revolving quarterback, yeah. you know, game. Can they can they get a quarterback in the draft, or can they go get a Jimmy Garoppolo or right. a, a, a um, Ryan Tannehill, or yeah. you know, one of these guys that have been talked about as a potential they're not going to be where they're at. Obviously, we know Garoppolo's not. Tannehill's yeah. still with the Titans as of now, but there's a lot of money there to be saved if they cut him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what I would pick, but I think it's going to be, be fun to see where that goes, where Peyton ends up, where Ryan's ends up. And, um, you know, it's always that, – that coaching carousel is always, always a fun little game to see how it goes. So, that's yeah. it for our NFL recap for the week. We will – we will talk a little bit more about the divisional round next week and preview the championship round. And uh, now we're going to move into one of our favorite segments we get to do is our UT Weekly Recap. Now, moving into our weekly recap of our most beloved college football, basketball, and baseball team, the Tennessee Vols. So, since we last recorded, Tennessee's played – Two basketball games, and they were one and one in those basketball games. So we'll start first and talk about the game on last Saturday against the Kentucky Wildcats. Coach Scott West 
Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, coming into this game, Kentucky been playing pretty poorly, and Tennessee had <clears throat> seemed to have turned around offensively, scoring 80-something points against South Carolina, 70-something points against Mississippi State, and then Big Blue comes into town as a uh, – Depending on the line, nine and a half, ten point underdog, and pulls out a sixty-three to fifty-six win. So, you know, I'll give Coach West credit; he hadn't rubbed it in too much, but he called it though. He did call he, it. He, he he told me right before on on Thursday. We were obviously out of school Friday. He told me he said um, it's going to be a closer game than you think. I think Kentucky pulls it out. I told him he was crazy. Yeah, but you just you look at the game, and I'm sure you've got some stats there, but. Getting outside of the stats, Tennessee, unbelievable defensively. That, that's yeah. been the case in almost every game this year. You know, mm -hmm. the Arizona scored a lot. Arizona's one of the best offensive teams in the right. country. And Tennessee scored with them. Yeah. But they still held them way under their average. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had the Colorado game that was ugly. But Tennessee played well defensively against the Wildcats. But I think that was the Kentucky's game plan. Yeah. They came yeah. in and said, you know what, we're going to let – Euros Plopsic score. We're going to let him get it in the paint. Now, he had to score those points over Shebway. Yeah. And he did. He scored 17, 19 points, something like yeah. that. Um, but they did not want to have the ball get down into the paint and get kicked out and have open threes from Vescovy, from, from Ziegler, from, you know, Julian Phillips, yeah. J Josiah Jordan James, and they didn't. Right. And yeah, they were – Tennessee was 3 of 21 from 3. Yeah. And so – That's bad. The, the question with Tennessee moving forward is going to be this. Getting into SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, can they find enough consistent offense to, to make a run? Their defense isn't going to change. They play too hard. Rick Barnes demands it. Yeah. But you, you're going to come up against a team that's just going to shoot the ball, and mm -hmm. they're going to make shots, and you've got to be able to match those. Um, you can play the best defensive game in the world, close out on threes, you know, guard well in the paint with Adu and Plovsic and, and um, Tomboy or whatever his name is, big boy. He's yeah. he, he, he big, he boy. big boy. But, you know, eventually there's going to be a team that you're going to run into who's going to hit shots, contested shots. You've got to be able to match it. Obviously, Vescovy got hurt a little bit in that yeah. game, and, and that changed some things. Um, but they've got to find a way for their, their wings and, and getting – Triple J back healthy and back into the swing of things. And he's played, you know, quite a bit the last few games. Yeah. But just getting back in the rhythm, he's got to find a way to score more. Vescovy's got to just continue to shoot the ball. That's what he is. Yeah. You know, he's only the second person in Tennessee history to shoot, make over 100 threes in a season or whatever it was last year behind mm -hmm. Lofton. And um, he's going to score. Ziegler missed three. Bunnies. Yeah. I mean, point blank, point blank layups, layups. And, and he wasn't the only one. They missed five or six of them. Yeah, that's the chain that changes the game if you hit those. So not the end of the world. Kentucky's a good basketball team. Yeah, they're they haven't their record doesn't show that, but they're talented. Yeah, they're always going to be talented. You know, can we go into Lexington and get a win? Can we continue to to get wins? You know, moving forward. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the the Mississippi State game last night, but. Any stats from that Kentucky game that you you know want to point out? Besides, obviously, we talked a little bit about the three point shooting was not good, but yeah. So the three point shooting really for both teams wasn't very good, but for Tennessee, you're three of twenty one. That's terrible. Um, a big statistic that really 
I think was the turning point in this game is Kentucky out-rebounded Tennessee 43-23. And a lot of those were offensive rebounds. Yes. I know at one point it was like 12-2. to Yeah, second-chance second points were heavily in Kentucky's favor. And and you kind of expect that. I mean, Sheway, yeah. I mean, he averages the double-double. There's a reason he's – projected to be an NBA player. He he is what he is. He's a he's a hoss and, and he gets down and, and he stepped out and made some fifteen to seventeen footers. Yeah. And he continues to do that. He's almost impossible to guard because what he can do with his back to the basket. But man, you can't win when you're out rebounded by twenty no. points, 20, 20 rebounds, especially when those are offensive rebounds, yeah. second chance points. You know, you you talk about Plossage, you know, the leading scorer for Tennessee had nineteen points. But he had three rebounds. That's that's not a good stat line. And a, a final stat, and this seems to be in the in the two big games that Tennessee lost, Arizona and Kentucky, is Tennessee getting to the free throw line. Tennessee was eight of ten from free throws, and Kentucky was twenty two of twenty five. Now, obviously, some of those were down the stretch when Tennessee was down in the final minute, foul, try to get the ball back. Um, but if you're not getting to the line, you know, at least similar uh, in similar numbers to the other team and you get out-rebounded by 20, it, it's going to be hard to win. And we saw that come again. It happened in the Arizona game and it happened here in the Kentucky game with uh, Tennessee with those discrepancy in, in free throw attempts and rebounds. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a killer, two killer stats. And, and, the, and the two things I want to point <clears throat> about about both of those things you just said, I don't think Tennessee ever wants Plovsic to be their leading scorer. I no. think if he's your leading scorer, you're you're lucky to win. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing is the reason, in my opinion, they don't get to the free throw line enough is they don't have a slasher. No. Their best slashing player is Ziegler. Yeah. And he's 5'9". Yeah. Maybe. And he's not going to get fouled that much because he's shifty and you don't have – I would love to see Phillips get more involved in getting the ball and driving to the basket. Josiah Jordan-James getting the ball and driving. Even if it's he's driving and pulling up from 10, um, Vescovy does a pretty good job of driving to the basket. But when you do that, you get fouled. Yeah. And right now they're not doing that. No. And, and, you know, they're, they are living and dying offensively on shooting the three. And when you go three for 21, that just doesn't work, right. no matter how good your defense is. And, and that carried over into the Mississippi State game. Now, Mississippi State game, they're missing Vescovy and Tyreek Key. Right. Now, obviously, I'm pretty sure Vescovy's their leading scorer. Tyreek Key, he, he fills a role on the team. He can yeah. bring the ball up the floor. He can shoot the ball, especially when he's open. He rarely misses. He's not this 20-point-a-game scorer like he was at Indiana State. No. Guess what? Playing at Indiana State, the same as playing at, at Tennessee. No, no. But without those two, I mean, the thing that, I, that, that stuck out to me, they had like three times last night where Mississippi State scored and they had no one to inbound the ball. Yes. Because yes. it's usually Vescovy inbounded to Ziegler or Key inbounded to Vescovy. And, yeah. And it was just like having those two guys out. So in the first half, it, it was a struggle. You know, you texted me at one point and said, man, Vols look terrible. Yeah, it was, it was 23-23 at halftime, which is what Mississippi, Mississippi State wanted. They won a rock fight. Yep. And Tennessee typically in a game also wants a rock fight. But, man, I was, I was at the gym talking to a guy, and he said, man, it looks like a, like a JV – High school scored halftime, you know, 
but um, Tennessee ends up winning 70 to 59. So they score 47 points in the second half. And, and what happened, and this is what the the progression, I think, Ziegler realized, hey, I don't I don't have Vescovy. I don't have key to, to dish it out to. These other guys aren't scoring. I'm going to go score. Yeah. And he started, I mean, started hitting threes. He started driving to the basket, getting fouled. Um, I don't know. He ended up with 20 points. 24. 24 points. Um, he's never going to average that. No. But when those other guys are struggling, that's what we need from him. Yeah. Because there's going to be games where Vescovy can't hit the shot. And if Ziegler's driving to the basket and hitting those threes, well, that opens up clearer shots for Vescovy. So, Tennessee pulls out the win. That's obviously big without those two guys. You take a win in the SEC play however you get it. I, yeah, I don't absolutely. care if it's – I wouldn't have cared if it was 56 to 55 or, you know, 98 to 97. I mean, yeah. a win's a win, especially when you're missing two starters. Um, play LSU this weekend. Um, we're going to pick that game later. Um, hopefully those guys are back healthy. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, what else we got on UT recap? Any football news? Well, we've got some uh, transfers uh, coming from uh, – got an offensive lineman, a grad transfer from Miami, John Campbell. Big guy that started at Miami, can fill a void there uh, with Darnell Wright uh, going to the NFL, you know, possibly can fill in a void at offensive tackle. You can never have enough defensive linemen. Just roll those guys in. So, got a, a transfer from Arizona State. Omar Norman Lott uh, to, to fill a void on the defensive line. Uh, and then also got a big play, big receiver from Oregon, Dante Thornton. You know, like 6'4 and a half, 6'5, lightning fast. Um, didn't really meet his potential at Oregon. Had some, had some good games this past year. Had a couple games with over 100 yards. But now he's, he's coming to Tennessee in a very wide receiver friendly offense. Yeah, and I think talking about the linemen, now you've brought in a ta two tackles mm -hmm. that you can potentially shift around. Obviously, you're losing Darnell Wright. You're losing Jerome Carvin. Yeah. The tackle that they brought in from Texas, Andres Carrick or something yeah. like that, yeah. um, ha ha is, is small enough that can probably shift into guard. Uh -huh. and, and you put the tackle from Miami um, out at right tackle. And now you've got a combination of – Mincy and Crawford at left tackle, um, Carrick at left guard, Mays, Spragans, and, and the tackle for Miami. So yeah. you're feeling better about that because now you got backups. You've got Dane right. Davis. You've got Ollie Lane. You got Ollie Lane, and you, you you there were some some freshmen last year that they think have some real potential um, that didn't play a lot, and that's fine. I mean that's what that that's a position you don't want true freshmen playing in. Right. Um, because it's in the trenches, you just it, it's it's different there. Um, the receiver's a big deal. You obviously having to replace Tillman, having to replace uh, Hyatt, and like you said, you can never have too many defensive linemen. No. Um, you know, especially the way that the game has changed with pacing and and fast-paced offenses. You, you've got to be able to roll those guys, and you get somebody to go in there and, and um, you know. Spell and Omari Thomas, and hopefully yeah. a Simmons, and some of those guys can continue to progress. And um, so excited about that. I, I think that Tennessee's got a chance to surprise some people. It's all starts all starts with Joe Milton. Yeah, how can he improve over the off season? Um, how does 
Nico push him? You know, yeah. what, what kind of pressure does Nico put on him? And obviously we lost Taven Jackson to the transfer portal. He went back home to Indiana. I think that could be – it's not good for depth. I think Tennessee right. needs to probably look and find another guy to, to, to be a depth piece. But you wonder if Taven Jackson didn't go through those bowl practices and say, I ain't playing over this guy. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I, I'm getting out of here. For sure. So you, you got to think that's probably a good thing long term. So, well, that's it for our – UT Weekly Recap. Now we are going to move into the Power Five. All right, so this week on the Power Five, we're going to pick the top five quarterbacks playing in the NFL right now. Now, obviously, we could go back and say, oh, the top five NFL quarterbacks of all time, but we're, we're talking that are playing in 2022 slash now we're moving into 23, and, and all these guys we're going to be talking about except for one of yours, uh, was playing in the postseason this year. So what's your uh, top five NFL quarterbacks playing right now? All right, so so here's here's what I got. I went back and forth on this. You know, it's hard for me to leave a couple people off this list. It's hard for me to leave Tom Brady off this list because Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time at the quarterback position, in my opinion. Mm. And he's still playing at a pretty high clip through yeah. seven hundred and seventy something <laughs> right. times this year, and and um, but he just missed on. If you put any of these guys on most teams, I, I think these guys right now are better than he is. Yeah. So number five, I got Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. We talked about him pretty in depth. Forty seven hundred yards. He has thrown for fourteen thousand yards in three seasons. It's a lot. I mean, it, it's incredible. You go look <laughs> at his stats. Number four, Aaron Rodgers didn't make the playoffs. Probably not going to be in Green Bay, mm-hmm. but you got one drive. You you give me one drive, and I need to go score a touchdown. I, it's going to be hard for me to not pick Aaron Rodgers. He's just done it too many times. Yeah, um, he's the Hail Mary King, um, and he just commands an offense. Uh, there's you know if he would ever decide he wants to go to OTAs, you know <laughs> right. he, he might be better. Number three right now, I think is Joe Burrow again. You go look at his stats in the last two years. Take his rookie year out after he got hurt. Yeah. The last two years, the only people he's behind in touchdowns and yards is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Right. Speaking of, number yeah. two on my list is Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen physically is probably the best out of all of them. He's yeah. got the arm. He's got the size. He can run. And I think he's just got the grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's going he's gonna to get hit. He's going to get back up and, and – He's going to talk trash in your face. I mean, he started it with a defensive lineman the other day in the Miami that. game. Yeah. And, um, he doesn't care. Yeah. And, and you, you like that about him. He's going to throw some picks, but he's going to turn around and, you know, run in for a touchdown and give up his body for it, you know. Yeah. And so, but number one right now is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it, again, look at his statistics. It's unreal what he's done and his. And he sat for a year. If he wouldn't have sat for a year, now maybe right. he maybe that was good for him. Yeah, you know, yeah. sitting behind Alex Smith, a veteran who who could teach him some things. But um, if I was a GM picking a quarterback in the league right now to to run my franchise, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes no. any day of the week, so. without a doubt. So who you got? We've got a pretty similar top five. I've got one name that's different than yours. My number five is Justin Herbert. Threw for almost 4,800 yards this year, 25 touchdowns. Dude's six foot six. I mean, got all the intangibles. Got the arm. Got the size. Got the smarts. Uh, he's on a on a good team with with good players around him. So he's my number five. 
<clears throat> you want to know a you want to know a crazy thing about Justin Herbert that I looked up the other day. I meant to mention this. He was the third quarterback drafted in his draft. <laughs> Joe Burrow was one. Yeah, understandable. Right. Tua, and Tua played well at yeah, times this year. Yeah. But if you're Miami, who would you rather have throwing to Tyree Kill and Jalen? Yeah, Waddle? I think I'd rather have Justin Herbert. Crazy, crazy. So yeah, that that's a pretty similar to like Dan Marino was the fifth or sixth quarterback drafted in yeah. his draft. Brett Favre, guys like that. So, but Herbert's my number five. Number four is a little bit different. Um, you could, we could talk Aaron Rodgers, obviously. We could talk Tom Brady. Uh, but my number four right now, just for the, the season that he had this year, improved over year one or last year in 2021 is Jalen Hurts. 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. So he's, he takes care of the ball pretty well. And also rushed for 760 yards and 13 touchdowns. So, and I, the one of the games that I watched pretty much start the finish that he played is when they played Green Bay earlier in the year, and he had like 160 yards rushing on Green Bay. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see going forward, can he stay in that top half or that top tier, that top five, six, seven quarterbacks going forward. Number three, Joe Burrow, you know, another 4,535 touchdown year. Uh, number two, Josh Allen, you know, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns. Number one, he's going to be your MVP, Patrick Mahomes, 5,250 yards, 41 touchdowns. And also had, I think, four or five touchdowns on the ground. I mean, just and, – and what he does, you know, there's been other quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um, I believe Matthew Stafford threw for 5,000 yards, Drew Brees, but just what he does with the ball and the throws that he makes. Are you going to turn on, if you're a quarterback coach in high school, are you going to turn on Patrick Mahomes' film and say, hey, you do this? No, you're not, okay? But you're also not Patrick Mahomes, and he can do those things. Roll into his right, throw a crossbody to the left 40 yards, pitch it underhand, do the crazy things that he does. But, yeah, Patrick Mahomes – He's going to be MVP, probably going to play in the Super Bowl. He's my number one quarterback right now. That's our Power 5 segment for the week. Our Power 5 segment this week is brought to you by NC's Campers. A couple friends of ours have a company where they rent out campers for your camping needs. We talked about this a little bit last week, but, man, if you're in the need of a camper for a spring break trip, NASCAR event, a weekend getaway with your family, um, that link will be posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. The camper they have available sleeps four, and it's perfect for a small family uh, or a guy or girl's trip to the races or, or, or uh, just, you know, to the mountains if you want to get away. Contact Joe at 419-575-2264. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Thanks to NC's Campers for sponsoring the Power Five. Now we move into another weekly segment, the Big Boys Corner Picks. Our Big Boys Corner Picks is always brought to you by Tennessee Bonding Company. If you find yourself in a pickle and need a bonding company, Tennessee Bonding Company is the bonding company for you. Call Tennessee Bonding to reunite you and your loved ones serving Blount and Loudoun counties and all other surrounding counties. That's for Court near Nate at 865-255-3361. So this week, Nick, we're going to pick the divisional round. We're going to pick two college basketball games. Um, 
let's start off start off with Jacksonville, Kansas City. Who you got in Kansas City? I've got the Chiefs. Uh, I think Jacksonville has made a great turnaround, sitting at three and seven in one point. You know, wins the AFC South, big win over the Titans in Week 18, third biggest comeback in postseason history in NFL against the Chargers. But man, all the all the reasons we've talked about. You've got the number one quarterback in the NFL. You've got arguably the best tight end in the NFL. One of the greatest coaches in NFL history. He's like fourth all-time in wins in Andy Reid. Do I think Jacksonville going forward can can be a good team? Sure, but, man, they're they're just running into a buzzsaw here. I've got the Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs, too, for the same reasons you said. I just – Jacksonville, great story. I think their momentum is going to run out this week against Kansas City. Uh, Philly – and the Giants, again, third time they've played this year. It's in the playoffs. Everybody's playing. It's going to matter this time. Who you got? I've got the Eagles. Uh, just, you know, Jalen Hurts being able to make plays with his legs, with his arm, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, who most a lot of people in Tennessee wish was still in Tennessee, but had a monstrous year, almost 1,500 yards receiving for the Eagles. I think I saw the spread at something like seven and a half for this game. I could see the Giants keeping it closer than seven and a half. It, it really depends if, if Daniel Jones plays like he did against the Vikings, throws for 300 yards and, and rushes. Now, is he going to replicate that? Probably not. But if he can take care of the ball, make some throws, Saquon Barkley have a good game, potentially the Giants could play spoiler. But I've got the Eagles in this one. Give me the G-man. I think that everything that you talked about is true. I think that Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, they're they're really, really good. Nick Sirianni, their coach, has has had a really good – has done a really, really good job with them this year. I just think the momentum the Giants have, Daniel Jones is playing well. Saquon Barkley I think will have a big game. Daniel Jones is going to be efficient. He's going to use his legs. And I just – I think it's hard to beat a team three times, um, especially I think Dayball's really good at what he does. I um, think he was a great hire. Give me the Giants. Uh, moving down to Cincinnati and Buffalo. Um, this game's at Buffalo. Um, who you got? I mean, I know it, it's tough to play in Buffalo, even when the Bills were terrible. I mean, they, they sold out that stadium every week. Uh, you've got one of the top three quarterbacks again in the league. It It's a recurring theme. All these teams we're going to be talking about have really good quarterbacks. Um, you've got really good quarterback in Josh Allen. You've got a team that's been there before. On the flip side, you've got the Bengals, who have also been there before, went to the Super Bowl last year, also really good quarterback, good players. Zach Taylor's done a great job <clears throat> in Cincinnati. Defense that comes to play. Uh, I believe that Buffalo's a five-point favorite in this game. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I yeah. think they get it done. This one I've went back and forth on. Yeah. And, you know, after watching the, the Miami-Buffalo game, I thought, man, the Bills' defense is struggling against Miami. What what can the Bengals do to yeah. them? But then you look at the Bengals, and they have a, a guy named Eli Apple. And <laughs> – he yeah. might be the worst yeah. quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, pretty, what yeah. is Stephon Diggs going to do if they get matched up? Mm, yeah. um, 
know, I think it comes down to, I think playing in Buffalo is hard. Yeah. What's the weather going to be like is always a question. Um, and, and the Bengals aren't um, not used to playing in colder weather. Right. It gets cold and sensey. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals too. I, I just think they've got enough on offense. They didn't play super well against the Ravens, but we know that Cincy Baltimore is always a, a tight game no matter who's who's playing quarterback, who's playing. Right. Um, I think the Bengals pull out a close one. Moving down to our last divisional round game, Cowboys and 49ers. Seems like that's just – I mean, that's a, a late 90s game right yeah. there, right? The, yeah. the days of Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice. and um, They don't have either of those anymore, though. They, it's no. the battle of Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy, right? Right. Um, battle of what we talked about a little bit earlier, um, two good defenses. Um you know, the keys in this game, it, can Prescott play clean? Can mm-hmm. he stay on his feet? Um, does does Bosa get back there and, and give him, you know, problems? Uh, I think the 49ers roll here. I, I don't know that it will be a big-time win for them, you know, 12, 14, you know, 10, 14 points, anything yeah. like that. But they're just so good defensively and efficient what they do offensively. Um, Shanahan's such a good play caller. I just – I think the 49ers win this one. Yeah, I've got the 49ers as well. I, I think that Brock Purdy continues to, to play well and take care of the football. Do I think he's going to throw for 300-something yards against the Cowboys? Maybe not. But I do think that San Francisco's defense can put Dak Prescott in situations where he doesn't want to be. And I think Dak Prescott, yes, played a super clean game against the Buccaneers, but I think he makes some mistakes in this game, and I think he throws some picks, and I think – that Bosa gets to him, uh, that pass rush gets to him a little bit, and I've got the 49ers going on to the NFC Championship game. Then our last two, we're going to pick college basketball games. First one, we're going to pick Kansas-TCU, um, battle of two ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what Kansas is historically as a basketball school. TCU playing well. Seems like TCU just as a whole got a, got a lot of things rolling right now from a university standpoint. Um they they're going to be going into that game. Uh, Kansas is ranked right now. <clears throat> excuse me, number two. TCU is ranked 14th. It's at Kansas. Give me the Jayhawks in that one. Um, Allen Fieldhouse always a tough place to play. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I think TCU will keep it close, but give me give me Kansas in that one. Yeah, I've got Kansas as well. Um, although they did drop. A big rivalry game to Kansas State, 83-82 in overtime last night. That game was in Manhattan at Kansas State. Kansas State's a good team, ranked 13th, 16-2. But I think Kansas bounces back, playing at home against TCU. So I'll take the Jayhawks. The last one we're going to pick is Tennessee-LSU. That that game's also on Saturday. Um, That one's going to be at LSU. That game is teeing off at 4 o'clock. Or tipping off, I guess. Got back, I got football on my mind. Uh, down at Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this here on the big boys' corner picks, but I'm going to give it a little asterisk, okay? If Viscovi plays, I think Tennessee wins. Yeah. If he doesn't, I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. I, I just – it's tough always being on the road, right? And obviously Tennessee saw that last night. Mississippi State's not a bad basketball team, but there's just always something about LSU, right? That you know the years of Will Wade, obviously he's gone now, but LSU, you know, coming into this game, they're twelve and five. 
they've they've dropped, you know, lost to Kansas State, lost they've they've lost four straight, Kentucky, A and M, Florida, and, and got just blown out by Alabama. Um can Tennessee win without Muscovy? Sure. Yeah, I mean there's obviously they did it last night, but there's just something about playing at LSU, no different yeah. than in football. Um didn't didn't hurt us this year in football, but right. you know how it goes. Um but I'll pick Tennessee cautiously hoping that Muscovy plays. Yeah, I'll take the Vols as well. Um, that's a that's a tentative pick. LSU's nine and one at home. They're twelve and five overall, but they their their last four games they've lost at Kentucky, at A and M, lost to Florida and LSU, and then like you said, give up get beat by forty and give up one hundred six points at Alabama. Um, LSU has a game tonight. They play Auburn at home. Um, Auburn's 16th ranked in the country, so that's that's going to be a tough task playing Auburn and Tennessee back to back. Now both games are at home, like we said, they're nine and one at home, but that's two tough back to back games. But I'm going to pick Tennessee tentatively, like you said, and for whatever reason, Tennessee goes to Baton Rouge in basketball and finds ways to lose. Uh, a couple years ago, they went and lost like. 85, 82, or something like that. But I'll, I'll take the Vols in this uh, to beat LSU on Saturday. Well, that's it for our big boys' corner picks again. Always brought to you by Tennessee Bonding Company. If you need a bonding company, call 865-255-3361 and ask for Courtney or Nate. Thanks for joining this week on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Remember to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like and share our posts, and until next time, y'all be good.